Hi there, welcome again to Jubilee Church. If you're relatively new or joining for the first time, whether you're with us live on Zoom today or watching later on our YouTube channel, a big, big hello. Today is the second of our gift days. I am so grateful to God that 21 years ago, Jeremy showed me the celebration and release of giving. In the midst of my money-worshipping culture, God was breaking down walls. Grace to give and being filled with God the Holy Spirit kicked off a new season of stepping out and feeling a part of this generous church. Thank you for your continued encouragement and inspiration. We've also been trekking through our new vision series over the last few weeks, haven't we? So where have we got to? Well, two weeks ago, we unpacked our overarching God-given vision statement, bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone everywhere, the panoramic guiding direction in all we do. Then last week, if you remember, I felt God gave me a picture of a, a stage show, a musical, people bursting into song and shouting for joy, where lots is always going on in every bit of the stage, but there were also spotlights which helped us focus on what bit of the musical is important right now, the things that all the rest of the activity on stage made sense of the immediate happenings that will take us to the final showdown. Spotlights, areas of focus rooted in our values, who we are together, what we believe, our principles, our culture. And so last week we introduced you to the first six of our spotlights, our strategy highlights, if you like, based on our first two values. We rejoice, we welcome. A quick recap. As we rejoice, God is highlighting, if you remember, spotlight one, prayer everywhere. Spotlight two, everyone worships. Spotlight three, the word in everything. And as we welcome, God is highlighting spotlight four, raising a multicolored family. Spotlight five, being an extraordinary welcome to new people. Spotlight six, growing a missional hub that serves local communities and the nations. If you haven't seen the last two videos explaining this, can I encourage you to do so? Our We Values is about all of us on the bus together, no one excluded, every one of you playing your part. So let's continue with our second lot of spotlights, coming this time from our next two values. We inspire, we go. If you want a picture of this to see how it all fits together, well, this is the height of my creative wonder. Hold on to your seats, though. This is pretty awesome. The roof under which all of this is brought together is bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone everywhere. What all this stands on is the ground, the foundational we values, beliefs, from which all this doing makes sense. We rejoice, we welcome, we inspire, we go. And the pillars that we need to put up or repair or make better are our spotlight focus areas, areas, the strategic, more immediate doings that take us to where God is calling us to go. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Spread out. Think big. Spare not. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, Jubilee. 
So let's fill in these final five pillars on the values we inspire, we go. So we are a people together who inspire through Spotlight 7, leadership opportunities and discipleship. All of us lead in some way or another. We have influence. God has made it so, both in church responsibility and community, as well as out there in the places we live and breathe and serve and work. We want to equip you in every way we can to share your experiences, to develop leadership, accountability and encouragement through innovative relational mentoring and coaching. Opening your whole life to kingdom influence and power. How we do Alpha has really helped us model training and discovery settings going forwards. Over the coming years, we want to introduce you to more growth courses like we've done already with Freedom in Christ and Foundations, Theology Thursdays and our Equip Weeks, as well as more training support for those of you who lead our pastoral and community activities, including our kids and young people. Leadership opportunities and dynamic group discipleship for men and women, old and young, east and west, black and white, all backgrounds, generational partnerships, mothering and fathering, enriching and stirring one another where my ceiling becomes the next generation's platform. Spotlight seven, leadership opportunities and discipleship. Spotlight eight, advancing the nations. God is doing great things in the nations, Jubilee, through you. As we speak, Michael Akosha and his teams are embarking on apostolic extension trips to our Christ Central Church family in Ghana, and now Liberia and Benin. They are raising leaders, planting churches, caring for the poor and declaring the gospel of grace to some of the most isolated and deprived parts of the world, right there in the midst of COVID. When we started our friendship with Michael some years ago now, none of this was happening. Luke and Faye have been amazing in this serving Jubilee and Christ Central and other New Frontiers families, actually, and Michael and Mabel themselves. You really are stars in this. Thank you. We are part of a global church because God is a global God. We are, we are about to embark on the same journey in Turkey, the gateway to the Muslim world. Jesus has a plan. Jesus wants you all to take responsibility in this exciting season ahead as we send one of our dearly loved families out there to help lead that revival. Did you know that the Iranian church just next door is the fastest growing Christian movement in the world? What we are investing here is changing the globe. Let the nations be glad. As ever, we are part of a growing New Frontiers church planting movement of friends called Christ Central, led by our dear friends, Jeremy and Ann Simpkins, who started this church. A family of churches comprising over 275 churches in 25 nations, supporting and joining them on mission is pivotal to our big family mission. Next week, actually, we'll be hearing the Christ Central team presenting how God is building his church. 
Jubilee, we inspire through Spotlight 7, leadership opportunities and discipleship, relational nurturing, training and encouragement of one another. Spotlight 8, advancing the nations, raising and equipping and facilitating native leaders in reaching the lost, serving the poor, touching the unreached through Ghana, Turkey, Christ Central. Our final we value, we go. Spotlight nine, extending Alpha. I love the story of the woman that Jesus meets at the well. She's a moral outcast, a gender outcast, a racial outcast. And Jesus says, can we be friends? Make friends, try Alpha is what we do. As Karen and Paul demonstrated on different Sundays, you are God's joy news in an envelope or even in a life-size Amazon parcel to the world. 2 Corinthians 3 says, You yourselves are a letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. That's the point of Alpha. You might see it as a course, a ministry, a project, but we see it as the life-changing, joy-releasing, world-transforming, hope-bringing start of a new life with Jesus, one by one changing the world. Make friends, try Alpha. We want to see more people on Alpha. Alpha online, Alpha Farsi Alpha, Um, face-to-face Alphas. I really miss Julie's banquet, by the way. Alphas in your area, daytime alphas, home alphas maybe, pub alphas, I don't know. Let's get creative, make friends and extend our alpha invitations. Spotlight 10, everyday missionaries on the front line. Let's meet Anne and she'll demonstrate this spotlight for us. Meet Anne. Anne always thinks of herself as fairly ordinary. Just an ordinary single, middle-aged mum with an ordinary, tiring job. She navigates through the ordinary dramas of life, but at the end of the day, she just gets on with it. Nothing to shout about, nothing to write home about. At least that's what she feels. But in truth, Anne doesn't get too much time to think about all this because Anne's busy. She has lots of people making demands on her. She has children that need to be taken to school, to friends, shops and often feels like a taxi driver but she's not a taxi driver she's a teaching assistant in a challenging school she supports the teacher puts up displays works with small groups of children at times acting like a cross between a sheepdog and a nato peacekeeping force she enjoys the job most days but gets home really tired just in time to put a taxi driver's hat on again so to keep fit she goes to her aerobics classes twice a week keep sane, she makes sure she makes time for friends who can share the good times and the bad times with her. And at the end of the day, she winds down in front of the telly, whilst talking to her parents on the phone, feeling slightly guilty that she's not seen them for a while. That's Anne. One other thing about Anne. A few years ago, she became a Christian. And since then, she's lived with the question that won't go away. How can I be used by God? She's looked around church. But it's not so easy to know what she can offer. She can't play a musical instrument, doesn't want to get involved in children's work, hasn't enough experience to lead a small group, 
and would only be asked to sing if she were the last person left on Earth. However, she's part of the crash road to him because she has a nice smile. She's part of the welcome team. But to her, it all feels too little. She's fallen into the trap that loads of us fall into, of thinking that God only wants to use us in activities that are linked to church programs. But the reality is that Anne has front lines all around her. Places where she spends much of her time, where God has already placed her, and where he's using her to make a difference. At work, at home, in cafes, in aerobic classes. She's surrounded by people that God loves and she could pray for, drop the in the odd word, continue to love in practical ways and really make a difference. This is her mission field. These are the strategic places where God has placed her. This is her front line. So here's the question. What would she feel about her life if she realised that in fact this ordinary life is no ordinary life at all? She'd still be the taxi driver for the kids on the back seat, but she'd see that her calling as a parent goes far beyond caring. She'd realise that she's the best teacher these kids will ever have about how to live the unnatural life as a Christian. Unnatural forgiveness, unnatural grace, unnatural mercy all need to be seen to be believed. But when seen, they'll never forget the power of this memory, used by God. At work, she might not feel hugely important. After all, she's not running the school. The truth is, she's far more significant than that. She's an agent of the kingdom, the kingdom whose king rules the universe. As she works diligently, she's already demonstrating the difference that being a Christian can make to life. And when some of the big questions of life come up, as they do from time to time, she's got real wisdom to share, used by God. And when she's with her friends, she talks about her life and faith with humour, honesty and a welcome sense of normality. And she's praying that her friends would join her in her faith in Jesus, used by God. And whilst their aerobic classes are no place to be singing, shine Jesus, shine, whilst desperately fighting for breath, it continues to do her good. She feels just a little bit more alive at the end of each session and goes home with a, just a touch more resilience as she mediates between children wanting to watch different channels on the same TV used by God. And Anne wonders how God could use her. Anne, look around you. This is your front line, the front line that God wants to use you on, the one he's placed you in, the one that he's using to form you into the shape of Jesus. It's the front line that's unique to you. Because there's no one exactly like Anne, is there? Except Reg, who retired years ago. And Beth, who's at college having a great time. And Kwame in the bank. And Nicola, who's looking for a job. And Graham and Elaine, who's just had a baby. And Sharon and Zoe and Matt and Danielle and Susan and Tony and Paul. And, and, you. Finally, Spotlight 11. Remember the poor. Krishkandaya writes, Biblical discipleship and the care for those most in need go together. Loving and serving Jesus means loving and serving those on the margins. This spotlight is about more of us being in the margins, serving, praying, befriending, giving. This is about connecting the church, you and me, to the poor, bringing together gospel declaration to what we already do serving the most needy on Teesside. That's going to be a key focus, building bridges 
for people to walk across and encounter not just compassion, that is so important, don't hear what I'm not saying, but also to encounter the grace of God in Jesus. For though he was rich, yet for humanity's sake, he became poor, so that humanity by his poverty might become eternally rich. God is challenging us, Jubilee, to change the way we live, transform the choices we make and have a new vision for the lifestyle we seek in order to bring us closer to their world, to change the narrative. Proximity transforms everything. Serving the poor for us, Jubilee, isn't just charity, but justice, generous justice. So there you have it, four we values, one overarching vision statement and 11 spotlights, pillars, focus areas for the years ahead. This is a time of change and responsiveness, Jubilee, a time of equipping and empowerment, a time of more involvement and stepping out of our comfort zones, a time of encountering God in the margins and on the front line, a time of worshipping Jesus as spiritual sacrifices, all over the place. As Helen prophesied the other day, like the horse in the gated field, are we going to continue going round and round in the circle that we have been going in? Or are we going to break out? Are we going to just continue to restart things our way or follow Jesus? The Lord wants the church to knock down the fences and break out. Are you willing to do that? Will you break out of your walls and reach out to those that are crying and dying? I saw a bleeding heart in a garden today. It reminded me of the bleeding heart of Christ for you, his church. Your heart, my heart. Remember what I said when we were looking at fruits of the spirit and I was talking about meekness, gentleness as one of the fruits. I said, the word meek, gentle, praus, was, the, was borrowed from the military and relates to horse training. The Greek army would find the wildest horses in the mountains and bring them to be broken in. But only the fewest of all graduated as war horses. When a war horse passed the conditioning required for a war horse, its state was described as praus, meek, gentle. This meek, gentle war horse had power under authority, strength under control. A war horse never ceased to be determined, strong and passionate. However, it learned to bring its nature under discipline. It gave up being wild, unruly, out of control and rebellious. It would now respond to the slightest touch of the rider, stand in the face of cannon fire, thunder into battle, stop at a whisper. It was now meek. This is what God is shaping in all of us, I believe. As we move into the coming years, I feel God is calling for more war horses, Jubilee, to ride into battle, willing to break out. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle and bring restoration in desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame, says God. In this coming season, Jubilee, let's put our faith wholeheartedly in the faithfulness of God. Your maker, your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One, your Redeemer. He is the God of all the earth. Thanks for everything you have been 
to us and done for us over the years. Keep going. Okay, so welcome back, guys. We're here to chat again about uh, what Raj has just spoken on this morning and uh, really some of our heart on it all. First question, really, Gav, uh, Raj talked about discipleship. Why don't you just tell us a bit about what that looks like, why it's important, that kind of thing? Yeah, I guess the first thing to say is, well, what is discipleship? Uh, discipleship is following Jesus. It's, you know, it's being more like him. It's growing in relationship with him. So everything that we do in terms of discipleship has got to come under that umbrella of, of leading people um, to, towards Christ. Uh, what isn't discipleship? Well, there's no such thing as a one size fits all model of discipleship. It isn't going to look the same for everyone. Um, it's not just about attending courses and structures. Actually, it's different for different people. And discipleship needs to care for that. It needs to be um, individual for people. That said, I think discipleship starts by people being rooted in the church and feeling like they belong. Uh, last week we talked about an extraordinary welcome and people feeling like they've got a home in Jubilee and for me that's like the starting point for discipleship isn't it it's important that people feel like they belong to the church and they can um, grow in God with others in church community I guess the main places we can talk about when we think about discipleship is our community groups people being part of groups where they can you know do life with other Christians they can be in each other's lives they can have meals together they can do bible studies together you know we want people to be in each other's lives that's how we grow uh, in relationship with each other and relationship with God. I mean I think one of the biggest thrills um, over the years has been raising and watching uh, leaders grow I was just thinking about this the other day and me and Jesh at the moment are playing table tennis and uh, to begin with, I was much better than him. I still think I am, actually. But but, but increasingly, he is getting better and better. And you know what? For him, beating me will be the greatest thing. But for me, him beating me and, you know, getting the highest score will be the greatest, greatest outcome of our games at the moment. And you know what? That's what it's like in leadership. You want to see people flourish and overtake you and, and see what God can do in them. That's great. Great stuff. Right. OK, so Sarush, over, over the last few years, we've we formed links with places like Ghana and Turkey uh, for our New Frontiers family. But they're a long way from Teesside. Why should we be bothered? Well, uh, we're so blessed in, in this nation, really, to have such a strong and precious heritage of God that's been passed on to us through generation. And it's because many men and women throughout history made many sacrifices in their lives to bring the good news of Jesus to this land. Now, this may challenge you, but to them at the time, this would have been going to the ends of the earth because Jesus had commanded them to. Now, one of the prophetic words over Jubilee a number of years ago was that we'll be an apostolic resource base. Through relationships we've built over the past few years or so, we've served and resourced the churches in these nations. But in return, we've received so much and have been so mightily blessed. Just going back on Gavin and Roger's point on discipleship and raising leaders, I can think of many occasions where discipleship and raising leaders happened through this relationship that we have with these churches it's not just us serving them it's them serving us and again I can think of many occasions where we as Jubilee as a family were really served by them in what they brought in the stories that they shared with us and do you know what it's about the nations that are with us 
Um, we have many nations on Teesside and, you know, it's great to see how that is changing our church. And what would be amazing would be for the nations in the church to be reaching out to the nations outside of our church on our different streets in the workplace in different settings. I mentioned everyday missionaries and it would be it, it would be totally wrong to say that that was my phrase. That was your phrase, Simon. Simon, what, what, what was it that made you use that term, everyday missionaries? It sounds fascinating. Well, I guess it's really thinking about that idea that the thinking of missionaries, we don't need to think of people who've moved overseas or, or just mission being something that we just do for a week in the year. Um, actually, it's, it's us have been missionaries in everyday life. Um, so, you know, the workplace, the school, the place we volunteer, the shop, the sports club. Actually, we are all frontline. Uh, these are frontline mission places. You know, we've got joy news and we want to share it. You know, think about this. Jesus, Jesus shared good news with, with people when he was getting water from a well and when he was at people's houses for dinner and um, when uh, he was with his mates and his mates were fishing. Actually, you know, he was sharing. He was called to everyday life uh, and, and we're called to that too. So, so we want to we want to equip the church to be able to to keep doing that well. Stories is such a big part of this as we as we share our stories of of being everyday missionaries in everyday life and sharing the the failures as much as the successes, um, because we can learn from both of those things. And I guess bringing the joy news of Jesus makes that mission such a thrill. Okay, so Sarush, we've been seeing an increasing need in our nation. Over, over the last few years, but also, you know, the coronavirus pandemic has, has really only increased that. Talk to us about the importance of, of social action and, and the church's role in that. You're quite right, Simon, in terms of the increasing need in the nation and also speaking from experience at Food Bank, uh, we can see a really great increase in the number of people needing help, not just with food, but with quite a lot of other things in life. Um, God calls his people to learn to do good to seek justice, to correct oppression, to bring justice to the fatherless and to plead the widow's cause. And I believe that some people fit into the sort of categories that were at the time. Um, this is the role of the church. And historically, we can see that the church has been plugging the gap in this nation, but we have to continue to do that. And as we pray, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we've also got to expect that to happen. We've got to remember that it's not just good works that we do. Through some of the great things that we either started at Jubilee or some of the things that we were involved in, we've seen a number of people really seeing Jesus at work, a number of people coming to ask us why we do what we do. People have come and have had dreams and visions because they encountered God through the people who were serving them because of their love for Jesus Christ. As we do this, whether it's handing out a full parcel, whether it's welcoming them to a place, whether it's giving them a helping hand or helping them along a journey they're on. Remember that these are all opportunities to shine for Jesus. We can welcome the broken, we can pray for healing, and we can see the kingdom of God advanced. So this is the role of the church. And I believe, again, this is something that really involves all of us. It's about every single one of us. Yeah, I agree, Sarush. It's, it's, it's brilliant to see where we've come as a church as well, isn't it? Over the last um, 22 years, actually, we started off with a little uh, project serving 
um, some refugees and asylum seekers and we've now got this charity opened on North East which is kind of birthed out of us and it's still doing amazing work. We've got um, links with the Hope Foundation which is providing invaluable work to um, in need people across Teesside. You know, God is continuing to work through us and things that were started a long time ago have come to fruition and are continuing to flourish and we, we want to see more of that. I think there's no... Um, coincidence that God's placed us as a church in a, an area that really needs help and needs him and actually we've got the answer the answers in Jesus and the answers in taking his love to people so um we can look at a success and we can think oh that's great but actually we can look at that success and we can be fired on to see more of that and we can be inspired to even more great things in the future well thanks guys that's that's been a really rich conversation looking at some of the spotlights uh, as we've looked at we inspire and we go and working that out practically. Um, it, it must be time for a cup of tea now, is it? Who's going to put oh, the kettle definitely. on? Definitely. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, I, think, I think it's, uh, it's Sarusha's turn.